Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this November the 30th, 2022. And I just did the math. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, except for February, which is just a mess. So uh, today is the last day of November, officially. And so after Thanksgiving Eve and Thanksgiving and Black Friday and the first Sunday of Advent and Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday, (sighs) today might feel like the first regular day in a while. So let me just remind us each and all, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's the last day of November. It's the eve of the official countdown to Christmas. If you've already started counting down to Christmas, okay, well, maybe if you haven't, like I think tomorrow is officially the day we're supposed to start counting down because it's the first day of December and that makes it easy to count down. It's a good day to take a deep breath and remember that God is God and God is good. It's a good day to thank him. Yesterday's um, one-day winter fundraiser gives me pause. I'm a little choked up thinking about just how generous you have been toward this ministry. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I want to thank Katie from Champlin, Minnesota, who said, you know what? I um, I could give this morning. I, I, I don't know. I didn't get it done yesterday, but here I am today. So just a few minutes ago, Katie logged on to MyFaithRadio.com and gave her gift online. Her message this morning is, Faith Radio is simply the best. Carmen, I feel like you're a close friend. Well, Katie, that's because I am. I know we've never like met met, but you know we have coffee every day. So there you go. She says, keep it up. God bless all of you who make Faith Radio happen. Well, Katie, you are one of the people who is making Faith Radio happen. That's how this works. This is listener-supported broadcast ministry. Um, And so thank you so much. Joan from Naples, Florida, checked in at about uh, 6.30 Central today. She also gave online at MyFaithRadio.com. So Joan, thank you so much as well. If you're saying to yourself, well, I missed out on the opportunity to give in the one-day winter fundraiser yesterday, guess what? It's a one-day fundraiser, but um, giving is always uh, an open opportunity because people give to the ministry all the time, uh, day in and day out, year in and year out. And we're so grateful and thankful for all the ways that God chooses to supply. And so if you want to give a year-end gift, you can still do that at MyFaithRadio.com. You could text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. You'll get a little bounce back link there on your phone. And you can pursue that at whatever time is good for you as the Lord leads. So let me say um, a few more thank yous here because we have several dozen people who gave in the overnight hours. And I want everyone um, who gave to have the opportunity to be thanked. So Dorothy in Roseville, Minnesota, thank you so much for your gift. Jeremy in Fridley, Minnesota, thank you to you as well. Arnold from Grand Forks, North Dakota, 
and a friend in George, Iowa. Thank you to each of you. Glenn from North Oaks, Minnesota, and Eli from Windsor Locks, Connecticut. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've got an anonymous friend who gave in uh, Cloquet, Minnesota, and uh, Amy from Maple Grove as well. Um, all these folks gave online at MyFaithRadio.com because I think in the overnight hours, that's probably the most efficient way to do it. Dina from Bloomfield, Connecticut, um, also gave uh, overnight last night. So thank you so much to Dina as well. All right, we will return to some of our thank yous a little bit later, but right now we want to get to our conversation with Ellie Holcomb. She's a musician, she's an author, and she's going to bring us a delightful new children's book on sounding joy. She's one of the shiny ones. Let's have a conversation with Ellie Holcomb. Well, I've got a Christmas gift for you today. We've got Ellie Holcomb with us. Ellie, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. It's so good to be here and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. We're loving the new book, Sounding Joy. We're loving the new music related to it. So thank you so much. Uh, just, you know, why don't you tell folks who aren't familiar with this project, the Sounding Joy project and the accompanying music, just, you know, your heart for this because it's just so sweet. Oh yeah. Thanks so much. I'm so glad you're loving it. I, I am a singer songwriter as well as a a children's author, children's book author with three little kids. And so I wanted to help write a book that pulls together the magic and the wonder of the Christmas season. Like I love, I'm basically like a female version of Buddy the Elf, guys. I really love Christmas. <laughs> and yet, and in the same breath, our kids, you know, are, are absorbing a lot of different stories. There's elves and Santa and reindeer in the North Pole. And I love all the magic and the wonder of that. But there is so much magic and wonder in this Christmas story. And so what I wanted to do was help write a book that would tie in all the magic, fun things that we do at Christmas, the tradition, stringing lights on the tree, decorating, caroling. I wanted to tie all of that into the magic and the wonder of the Christmas story, which is the reason that we all have a reason to sing anyway. And so in the book, you find hot chocolate and snow and decorations and sledding and Christmas trees. But then you also find the wonderful things in the Christmas story, like angels and shepherds and animals and a little baby who would change the course of the whole world. And so that is my hope. I hope that it creates a Linus moment, you know, from the Charlie Brown Christmas, where there's Mm -hmm. all the hullabaloo and the crazy fun things about Christmas. But then there's this Linus moment where he reads that version that, you know, just the Luke 2, the chapter from Luke 2, that's just the Christmas story that Jesus moved into the neighborhood, that he puts, that God put skin on and and came to this broken world so that we could know that, that none of us are ever alone and that we all have a place where we belong. If you don't know Ellie Holcomb, you should. You should check out everything she's doing, ellieholcomb.com. We're talking specifically today about um, her children's book, which is brand new, Sounding Joy. There's also some music related to it that you can find on her website as well. It's a newly released EP, which I had to ask what that is because it's a little bit shorter than 
what I would think of as like like a total album release. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So LP, it's funny. When we used to release just records, remember those like the vinyl Yes, I do. Records. Vinyl records. Like, yes, I would like yeah. a record player, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they used to, the very first things that would release would just be one song per side. So they, the next thing that came out was an EP, which was called Extended Play. And oh. that was like three songs a side. So an EP is usually, you know, whatever, three to five to seven songs. And then an LP, a long play now, is a full record on both sides yeah. of the final. <laughs> so well, that's where they get it. I so it's it. like, a, right. I didn't want to make anything too long because kids' attention spans, you know, yeah, aren't the totally. longest. So you can go through the book and the record, you know, pretty quick, which is great. Okay. So I have like 50 other things to talk with you about today. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. Come on. Okay. So I want to know about Hope the Hedgehog. Ah, I love her so much. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we did a vote. Um, you know, I think if there's one thing that kids love as much as, if not more than Christmas, I think it's animals <laughs> based on market <laughs> research. And so we actually did a little Instagram poll on my page and asked, okay, if we were making uh, a stuffed animal of one of the animals in my books, what would it be? Well, Hope the Hedgehog is in every single one of my children's books. I've written mm -hmm. three mm -hmm. and she is highly featured. She's heavily featured in the Christmas book with a little Santa hat on. And so she was the, the people spoke, the children spoke and they wanted hope. And so it has been the most fun thing ever to have a stuffed animal, it has my little name on the tag, which is hilarious. And my kids act out the scenes in the books where she is. So she's sledding and she's flying through the air and her friend's about to catch her um, in one scene. And so literally when we get to that page of the book, you can literally get little Hope the Hedgehog and then act out the scenes of the Christmas book right? in your Because how home. fun is that? No, totally. All right. <laughs> so pretty go, to El yeah, go to elliholcomb.com and you can see what I'm talking about there. Um, so I thought, Ellie, that it would be fun to talk about what does joy sound like um, and to really like scroll back in time, like 20 years ago. Mm. Um, how might you have answered that question? What does joy sound like? Yeah, that's the question of the book. And I think the questions that we ask send us on to the answers that we're looking for and what we're paying attention to. And so mm -hmm. I love this question, Carmen. So 20 years ago, gosh, how old was I then? Was I, I think married? You were, I wasn't quite well, married I yet. I was in college. Were you at college? Okay. Mm -hmm. So joy would have sounded, joy would have sounded like thinking about the holidays, going home. It would have sounded like hearing all of my siblings and my mom and dad run out to the driveway and welcome me home from college. Cause I loved, I loved college, but I loved going home. I'm the oldest of five kids. So it would have been the sound of my siblings voices welcoming me home. I love that. And then, um, almost 10 years ago. So 2013, I think that's the first time you're in, um, behold the lamb. So yes. So I'm just thinking that the sound of joy like changes a little bit over time, depending on who we're with and the opportunities that we have. Your life was totally. really significantly different 20 years ago than from 10 years ago. And then we're going to fast forward to today because those voices have changed again. But take mm. us take us to like 2013. Like what what's the sound of joy leading up to Christmas that year? 
Mm, I love that. Well, my little girl was just one. So it was probably the first year that she was sort of cognizant at all of Christmas for the first, the first, she was born in November. So her first Christmas, she was a month old and she slept through the whole thing. Um, and so I think I, I think that my answer for, for this year would be two things because, um, it was my first time to get to play the Ryman auditorium on the, on the behold the Lamb of God tour. And I will never forget forget I think the sound of of that would have been um hearing a room full of people see you experience and play at a place that is historic monumental every artist dreams of the day that they get to play the Ryman Auditorium and to hear people cheer and the love in that room as we as I sing a song about light being stronger than the darkness I is a moment that I'll never forget. That was a lot of joy. But the the smaller sound of joy for me that year would have been my little girl was walking at that point. So it was hearing mm. her little footsteps and footy pajamas um, toddle across the floor and uh, come wake us up on Christmas morning. I love that. We're going to continue our conversation with Ellie Holcomb. The whole thing is a gift. The book is Sounding Joy. There's an accompanying EP. You can find it all at ellieholcomb.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and we'll be right back. Hey, did you hear the news recently? There are now 8 billion people in the world. My name's Carmen LeBurge. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Here at Faith Radio, we are telling the whole world about Jesus and helping believers live out their faith every day. If you'd like to help us do that, you're still needed. Your financial support changes lives. You can make a difference with your gift right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Help us reach the world for Jesus Christ. All right, picking up where we left off in our conversation with Ellie Holcomb again. You can visit with her online and catch uh, all of her, connect with her on all of her socials at ElliHolcomb.com. So, Ellie, we did uh, 20 years ago, The Sound of Joy, 10 years ago or nine, uh, The Sound of Joy. I think if we fast forward to today, right, The Sound of Joy, there's a lot There's a lot more little voices now, and they are robust, and they ha- probably have a lot to say. Um, and so <laughs> can do. you t- talk a little bit about The Sound of Joy now? I think The Sound of Joy right now is is the belly laughter of my children when they're playing a game together and making each other mm. laugh. And to add into that sound, I'm going to put four little paws uh, mm. running around our hardwood floors because we just got a puppy mm. for the first time. It's been a long time dream of my kids. They've waited for years and years. And so we welcomed Dolly Parton Holcomb to, the, to our home. <laughs> she is a fluffy golden doodle. And so you know that sound of when a, a dog's paws are kind of skidding because they're so excited oh, yeah. and they slide on a hardwood floor? That is the sound. That mixed mingled with the laughter of my children right now is for sure the sound of joy because that puppy's bringing a lot of joy to our home these days okay and i'm just like thinking like uh the you know like you're you're whistling out the door you're like dolly parton like, dolly right? parton like, come how, here like dolly oh, parton it's the come best. here baby like right that's oh, hilarious it's the best and yeah. when you take her to the vet or to the groom they're like dolly parton i'm like that's me that's my dog yes <laughs> i love that 
All right, we got so to meet I, her this year. We got to meet oh, Dolly Parton this year. Drew and I did. We, okay, we wrote a so song fun. that name checked her, and we got to play at an event that um, that was an award that's in her name for the state of Tennessee. And so we were asked to play the song in front of her. She gave us a standing ovation. She was the most gracious human. And so, in honor of meeting Dolly Parton, who's one of our heroes, we uh, we named her dog Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love, it's the strange honors, and she might appreciate that as much as the big fancy award so so i want to connect in a a couple of other dots here for our listening audience so we have been talking a lot about the wing feather saga um andrew peterson is you know a friend of the show and we talked about the books when they came out we've now talked about the tv series people are really excited um to see Mm -hmm. it come to life on the screen um and i know that you have a song Mm -hmm. marvelous light that was inspired by a character in the book and a scene in the book. Can you can you reach back some years and tell us that story? Yeah, that's about 13 years ago. That's the song I was referencing that I played at the Ryman. It was inspired by Poto Helmer, who in the story is sort of a reformed pirate. Um, not like theologically reformed, but just a pirate who's changed his ways. And so he is an inspiring character. I'm in the book, I'm in book two with my kids right now. We just went to the premiere of the show. We're all massive fans, but I will never forget um, recording that song with my producer at the time, Ben Shive. First of all, I walk into his studio. This is so Nashville, but I walk in and his studio was in the same building where the rabbit room is, which is rabbit room press. It's the, it's sort of the conglomerate that Andrew Peterson and his brother have pulled together. They they release amazing books and and music, and so I freaked out when I saw the Rat Room Press because I was a massive fan of the Wing Feather Saga. Well, lo and behold, we're recording "Marvelous Light," the song inspired by one of the characters, and we get a knock on the door, and it is Andrew Peterson himself. I about fainted, Carmen. I about fainted. <laughs> I was so, I was like Andrew Peterson. Oh my goodness, I'm a massive fan of your music of your books and he was like well I just I just it's so great to meet you I just love the sound of this song and I burst into tears and I'm like this is inspired by your book and by your character Poto Helmer there's a scene where he's has all these secrets that he's been been hiding from the people that he loves the most um but from everyone else too and all I won't say what the secrets are but all of the sudden all of his these things that he's ashamed of are exposed and the line that Andrew writes that inspired the song after that is this. He moved about his days in wonder and peace because he found that his whole story had been told for the first time. And yet he was still loved. And I remember just, I'm a recovering perfectionist is what I call myself. And I remember reading that and being in tears mm-hmm. Um Knowing that experience, having been through a counseling journey myself of learning to be honest and, and acknowledge the pain that it's been in my story um, and, and to see Jesus enter into that, to see him see all my mistakes and love me anyway, is it's the most powerful and wonderful news of the gospel yeah. message. And so I wrote um, that song, you know, based on that book. And what's crazy is Andrew, after that conversation, that was my first tour that I ever got to go on. Andrew was gracious enough. No one knew who I was. And I was just making my first record. He invited me on the Behold the Lamb of God tour. And I got to be on a bus with a lot of other artists who have inspired me over the years and who continue to inspire me to tell stories and to sing songs 
songs that amplify the light. And so fast forward, Carmen, 10 years later, my little girl was one when I played the Ryman on the Behold, Bloom of God tour, toddling across the court. Fast forward 10 years later, I get another call from Andrew Peterson, and it is to be a voice of one of the characters in the Wing Feather Saga series. I also passed out when he asked me. I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? And it was just a full circle moment to get to come to the premiere, walk the red carpet with the kids. My daughter's 10 now, my son is seven. And for us to be in the middle of this story um, and that he sang a song that Armulan the Bard anyway sang, and it's been in all of our kids. And so I would say that for sure is one of the sounds of joy in my home right now is me and my kids humming this song that's from the shining Isle of Anira in the wing feather saga. So that's been a really beautiful thing to bring my kids into, into that beautiful world and that beautiful story. I just love it. Um, Ellie, what a delight. Thank you so very much. Um, it's so much fun. Um, we're with you. We're for you. My sweet nephew, Larry is playing buddy, the elf this year at a production in Tucson, Arizona. And so, um, yes! yeah, when you, I know when you said that, I'm like, Oh, little shout out to little who used to be little Larry now, not little anymore. Giant, like he's perfectly sized to play the role. Oh, I love um, that. All right. We love you. Thank you so much. What a delight. Um, the book is sounding joy. The voice is Ellie Holcomb and she is, um, just a joyful delight. Uh, Join her online, ellieholcomb.com. You can find the book, you can find the EP and everything else that she's up to and doing. We look forward to hearing your voice in the Wingfeather Saga. That is such a delight. Thank you so much, Ellie, for sharing that as well. You are the voice of? I'm the voice of Ferenia, the flower shop owner. Oh, you are. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, you have some little secret things going on then, don't you? Okay. part of the resistance. She is. I I like her so much. I feel she's so an X on the map. Honored. Oh yeah, she we won't is. say anymore. We won't say she anymore. Is. All right, yeah. that's more to look forward to. Um, you can listen for the sound of Ellie Holcomb's voice in the Wing Feather Saga series. Um, today we're celebrating the sound of joy. So, sounding joy is the mm. children's book. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us. What a delight! Absolutely, it is always a delight to be with you, and I look forward to singing along with all of y'all this Christmas season. Absolutely, as we do with you. Hey, join us uh, online at MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. We'll be right back. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old I'm Carmen LaBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Would it surprise you to learn that 16 million women have left the church in the past decade? We're talking here about local congregations here in the United States of America and Canada. 16 million women have left local congregations in the past decade. Maybe you're one of them. You almost certainly know one of them. Now, as Christians, we're called to be a part of the body of Christ. We are a part of the body of Christ the church, big capital C in the world. But I know that when I say that being a part of a local church is an integral part of being a Christian, there are lots of people, particularly women, who rebuff that. They have all kinds of immediate visceral reactions depending on your past experiences. 
So I recognize there's a growing number of women who believe that they can function just fine as Christians without the church. We're going to um, talk with Erica Anderson about that question and her book, Reason to Return. Do you think there's a good one, a good reason to return? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I wonder as I wonder out under the sky How Jesus, my Savior, did come for to die Are you one of the 16 million women who have left local congregations of the church in the last decade? Do you know a woman who has left the church? Are you looking for a reason to return? Are you interested in reconsidering um, why women need the church and the church needs women? Well, Erica Anderson has literally written that book, Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. Erica, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So there's no perfect church out there, um, particularly if we're going to be a part of it. So talk with us a little bit about the reality that, I love this paragraph, by the way, Jesus sat with strangers, dined with thieves, conversed with murderers. And so if imperfect communion with sinners and saints was something Jesus pursued, it's almost certainly something we should echo. Um, Talk with us about the reality that we're never going to be a part of a perfect church until, you know, his kingdom comes. Um, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be part of the church. Yeah, well, that the first thing that particular uh, line makes me think of is the fact that any community that you join, it doesn't matter whether it's church or if it's CrossFit, um, you're going to have people that maybe rub you the wrong way, awkward, all of those things. So that's sort of a sort of a lighter uh, touch on this whole subject. And so, yes, we are never going to be in a community in which everything is 100% hunky-dory all the time. Um, <clears throat> but I also think that when people hear that we need to go to church um, and they have a negative response, it's because a lot of times they're thinking of it as this this obligation, this have to. Um, whereas I kind of reframe that in this book as going to church, if you are a Christian, is actually this beautiful opportunity to get to know God on a deeper level and get to know your uh, fellow saints on earth on a deeper level. And there's so much depth and rich spiritual growth and wisdom that you miss out on when you isolate yourself away from that faith community. Yeah, that is so helpful. Um, You say, when I drifted, I needed an anchor. When I desired a closer relationship with God, I needed guidance. When I stepped away from my church, I needed a reason to come back. And that's why I wrote this for you. Talk about why you wrote Reason to Return, um, who is this for, and what are the concerns to which it speaks? Yeah, so I love that you're pulling these lines out and remembering writing them as you say them. And um, it's true. A church has always been an anchor in my life, even when I didn't feel it. You know, a lot of times I think we base our spirituality on how how spiritual we feel or how close to God we feel at a certain time. Um, but the great thing about um, a strong faith life or a strong um, church connection is that even when we don't feel it, it's still there. And we can go back to that to sort of find our grounding again and to sort of seek out um, a closer you know, conversation with God. Um, and, and who did I write this for? Well, I wrote it for a lot of women. Uh, when I saw those statistics uh, a couple of years ago, some like the one you mentioned, 16 million leaving, and there are others that are similar to it, like 
the fact that 70%, 70 to 80% of single moms don't attend church for a lot of, um, a lot of very good reasons. Um, I thought there's something going on. Um, there's a group of people that need to be spoken to. And I feel like they're just not, they're not being spoken to. And so I, I have a message that I feel like God has given me to say, here's the reason to consider why this matters. And here are, you know, I think one of the things that we struggle with or that um, is sort of a fault of maybe some churches is that we don't educate people enough on the purpose of church and why God created it and what it's for. Um, and when we understand the purpose of it and the why behind it, we're a lot more likely to commit to it. And so I, I attempt to to do a lot of that explaining in the book, um, in addition to just talking to women about what really matters and, and asking them to think really deeply about life on on that bigger, deeper level and get out of sort of the just the day to day and, and try to figure out what do I really want? And is this what's really important to me? And if my faith matters to me, you know, we have intentional decisions to make to to prioritize that and to grow more deeply in it. We're talking with Erica Anderson. You can find her at ericaanderson.com. Erica is E-R-I-C-K-A, and Anderson is not an S-O-N, but an S-E-N. So you're going to want to know those. And yes. all the links um, all the links are going to be in the show notes today. And so if you already get those at MyFaithRadio.com or you subscribe to the podcast, all the links for our conversation are going to be in there, as well as uh, connections to Erica's um, social media as well. Um, the book is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. Um, Erica, you this is, comes in three parts, the, the reasons we leave, reasons to reconsider, and a call worth pursuing. Um, I want to, I want you to tell us about your mom, because your mom, mm. you, you know, you say this right at the beginning that, you know, she's key to your understanding of church. Talk with us about your mom and how she influences you as a woman of faith. Um, I think that this is a point of resonance for a lot of us in terms of how we navigate not only our relationship with the church, but with others in our lives. Yeah, I was really excited to be able to sort of honor my mom with this book. And I didn't even really recognize how much of an impact she made in my life in this regard until really I started writing it. And then I realized my mom has been taking me to church every week, most of my life, almost all of my life as a child. And she never wavered. And even though my dad did not go, um, they're still married to this day, but she took us without him. You know, we joined small groups. We did all the things. And that consistency that she provided just by every week, returning, returning, returning to church, um, that just gave me such a, a grounding in my faith and just um, a, a, a recognition and a familiarity with um, the church in a way that I don't think everyone gets. And so because of that, I, um, I I found a deep faith at a young age. And I look back and I see how that stability and that returning to church over and over again really influenced so many parts of my life as I moved on to college and moved to different states and got married. I always came back to going to church as one of the first um, steps I would take, um, even despite the fact that I went through you know, hurt and all kinds of different things related to church. Um, it has always been a solid rock for me. And I, and I really give my mom a lot of credit for building that up in me. We're talking with Erica Anderson. The book is Reason to Return. Um, so Erica, you allude there to, I think, mm -hmm. one of the reasons that 
a number of women point to in terms of why they're not in the church today, and that would be that they have been in churches in the past where they have experienced great pain of one kind or another. Um, can you can you take us into the the reconsideration portion? Because just because we've been hurt doesn't mean we're not still called to be a part of the body of Christ. Um, we are a part of the body of Christ. We're just living as a disconnected piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's a big one. And I, I understand where people are coming from when they have had hurt and they feel fearful to go back. Um, one of the, you know, found, ground founding points of this book, as I began to write it, I originally had a subtitle that said, the church of your past doesn't have to be the church of your future. Because Amen. I saw so many people that had these experiences in particular churches or denominations or with certain pastors, and they weren't um, moving on from that. Not that, you know, you have to process these things. You need to heal from these things. But they weren't considering the fact that there are other churches, there are healthy communities out there, and they may not have been a part of one of those. Um, And just like um, any experience in life, whether you've been maybe in an abusive situation or a toxic relationship, um, not every situation or relationship is going to be that way. And so you have to kind of work through those mental blocks and sort of the hurt that you incurred and begin to recognize that um, you can't live in the hurt and the bitterness of that. And and it's healthy to try something new and give something new a chance. And so that's sort of where I came from there. Um, And also, I just encourage people, you know, if you've been hurt, this is not like a, oh my gosh, rush and find a new church. It's you know, let's learn about this. Let's heal. Let's process. Sometimes we do need time away, um, but it's an invitation to consider what it would mean to look somewhere new and overcome some of the scary emotions or overwhelm that may come with trying a new church or a new denomination or a new set of people. Um, and so I hope that it's a gentle sort of, I'm a friend sort of leading you um, to what the right next step is and and pursuing that in prayer, knowing that God is not going to lead you in the wrong direction if you are um, you know, relying on him to guide you into that community that he has chosen for you. Here's an honest question. Oh, and we'll come back to this um, right after a very brief break. But Erica, I'm going to tee it up for you because it uh, it just came in on an email. <laughs> this person says, hey, I know I need the church, but the church doesn't really want me. I'm a smart, loud, skilled in leadership, single woman. I work a corporate job and I don't fit the homeschool mom with endless babies that evangelical churches seem to most highly esteem. Does the church really want me? Question mark. We're going to ask Erica Anderson that question next. The book is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio's social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. 
back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. When you come Erica Anderson is a podcaster, she's an author, she's a mom, she's a sister in Christ. The book we're discussing today is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. We're going to ask Erica in just a moment, actually, about her first book, Leaving Cloud Nine, because I want to touch on that as well. Um, But this honest question uh, via an email from a listener, I know I need the church, but the church doesn't want me. I'm a smart, loud, single woman who is skilled in leadership. I work a corporate job. I don't fit the homeschool mom with endless babies that evangelical churches seem to most highly esteem. Does the church really want me? Wow, that is a big question. And I have thought a lot about this because I can tell you single women are one of the highest demographics within that number of women leaving. Um, And, you know, some of those concerns she mentioned uh, of churches focusing on families and not offering as many leadership roles to women are some of the reasons that they name for leaving. Um, and a few of the things that I address in the book address this question. And so I'll, I'll talk about a couple of them. So um, the first thing I'll mention is that there are close to 400,000 or more churches in the United States. And in many of those churches, it's more diverse than ever before in terms of the kinds of congregations and the places and all of that. So, so that's a positive in terms of the kind of church community that you can choose. Um, secondly, um, I, I would say that churches are being made aware, and this is something that I am pushing out there as well as part of my efforts, being made aware that a focus on families and not focusing on you know people with other kinds of life situations, um, that's something that they need to get better at in some places. Um, but I would also say on that note, um, I had encouraged people when you see something that needs to change within the church, like maybe that's your calling to go be a part of that change and and go speak to that inside of your church. Now, if you go to a big evangelical church and you're feeling like you're not being heard or you're feeling like the focus is on a family, that might be a sign that that's not the right church for you. Um, I know, you know, there there are some differing opinions in terms of, you know, how do you make that decision? Um, But I would say there are so many different kinds of churches out there. And I would consider trying a smaller one. Like I go to a small church and we have all manner of, you know, types of people in my church. And because of that, it's not just about families. It's about everyone. Our small groups are just extremely diverse in terms of age and family situations. Um, And then the other thing is geography really makes a difference. When you live in a city or a suburban area, you're going to have a lot more options. I know one woman I talked to recently, she said since moving to New York City, um, it has been a totally different church experience for her because it's not this suburban family focus as much. And so, yes, I do think the church wants you. I do think it may be harder, um, but I think it's also your responsibility and calling to get in there, say something, make a difference, and find the community that will work for you. Yeah, you might have to either go into the city or you might have to go out into the rural uh, part of the country because I do think that smaller churches tend to be extremely diverse, particularly in relationship to, um, you know, life situations and um and the way families are structured and um, and who's actually present there. So I, I absolutely applaud and echo all um, that you've said there, Erica. We're talking with Erica Anderson. The book is Reason to Return, Why Women Need the Church and the Church Needs Women. You can find Erica and lots of resources at ericaanderson.com. 
Um, that's one of the places where folks can um, connect with you and your podcast. Talk with us about Worth Your Time. Um, and you've got you've got tons of resources at your website, but let's um let's share with folks uh, worth your time because I think there's a lot of listeners to be really interested in this. Yeah, definitely. So I've had this podcast worth your time. Um, it is part of the Christianity Today podcasting network, and um, I talk with all kinds of Christian women leaders, everyone from an authors to singers to you know leaders of nonprofits, um, and I only talk to people that I really think have a a positive, inspiring message um, that is, um, you know, something that's really going to inspire inspire listeners um, to to follow God um, in all of their pursuits in life. And I've had people on there recently, like Johnny Erickson Tata and Jenny Allen. And so it's been really cool to be able to talk to people um, about these things. And then in the past year, I've really focused in on those that are leading in the church and really focusing on making the local church um, a priority again. Yeah, it's really so good. Um, and then I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about leaving cloud nine, um, because I think that there are a lot of folks listening who they're looking for a breakthrough. They're looking for a way back home. Um, and, and that's really what you talk about in that book. Yeah, very different kind of book, but one that I was really honored and privileged to write with my husband about his life uh, growing up. Uh, the you know the subtitle of Leaving Cloud Nine is the true story of a life resurrected from the ashes of poverty, trauma, and mental illness. So as you can imagine, there is a lot packed into that. Um, he grew up as you know the child of a, a woman who is a severe alcoholic and ultimately a drug addict. Um, he experienced a lot of abuse and neglect and domestic violence within his home um, and really was sort of destined and on a pathway towards um, a very bad life situation. Statistics would show someone like him wouldn't be alive right now or would be in jail or would be addicted to drugs. And miraculously, he got out of that life. He experienced a lot of trauma and mental illness at the um, at the other side of that as an adult. But he um it came to know Christ in his early 30s and really completely turned his life around. Um, and, you know, we share that story of, of all that he went through and how he overcame and how God fully redeemed and transformed his life um, in so many ways. And, and, and the book, you know, kind of goes into our family and, and having our kids. And so that's sort of like the full circle moment there at the end. But I've heard from tons of people who just say they saw themselves in these pages, like anyone who has experienced childhood trauma, you're going to read this and go, oh my gosh, somebody else knows how I feel. And somebody else got through it and they got to the other side. And so we really just want it to offer um, a story of hope for anyone that feels like they can't, they can't do it. Yeah, it's so good. It's so helpful. Um, maybe we could have a more extended conversation um, at another point about that book because I, sure. I, it's yeah, it. So many people struggling with so much of what is discussed there, and it's such a story of hope. Um, and so I just wanted to celebrate that as well. You guys can connect with Erica and all the resources we've discussed today at Erica Anderson. Dot com for direct links. You can grab them in the show notes today at MyFaithRadio.com. Erica, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. This, this is Christ the King. All right. It's time to say a few more thank yous here at the end of the hour. So thank you so much again for those of you who participated in our one-day-only winter fundraiser. We're so grateful and thankful 
for um, each and every one of you. So um, let's see here. Thank you so much to a friend in Deerfield, Wisconsin, who checked in overnight at MyFaithRadio.com. And yes, absolutely going to be praying for the concern that you lifted up there related to your marriage. Thank you um, so much to an anonymous friend from Chancellor, South Dakota, and another from St. Paul, Minnesota. A thank you to Judy from Duluth and Laney from Tarpon Springs, Florida. Thank you to David from Duluth and a friend in Cottage Grove. Thank you to a friend in Foxborough, Wisconsin, uh, Adrian in Sunbury, Ohio, and Carrie from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Thanks just in the last few minutes to David from Carleton, Minnesota, and Sally from Maple Grove. She says, love starting my morning with Carmen. Thank you, Faith Radio. Um, Thank you so much, Sally, and everyone who participated in our end of the year one day fundraiser if you missed out you can give today at myfaithradio.com thank you so much for sharing this time with me today i just loved it have a great day god bless thanks for listening to mornings with carmen laburge podcasts like this are available because of your support if it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith click the link in the show notes to give now and thanks